Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Small Council, a Game of Thrones podcast. Yo, what's up? That's me breathing in. It's Axel. We're here with a special Saturday dropping finale is tomorrow podcast of the small council. Um, We've got a couple segments coming up for you today. Uh, After I finished doing the feedback pod with Donald and Mike the other night, I had an opportunity to talk to my good friend, Arif, who I call Afu. Um... We go back to the Rutgers Livingston College STD, that's strength through diversity years. Uh, So we got to talking and he's super smart. So he had a lot of good things to say and he has a great perspective too, because he is not, he just watches the show. You know, he'll talk about it with someone once or twice, but it's not like probably a lot of people who listen to this show or of course the people who do the show. Um. Then uh, Heath Solo has, I think, about a half hour of his thoughts. We got about eight minutes or so from Donald Jr. And then we got um, a little bit from DJ Tim Hines. Actually, I'm not sure how long DJ Tim Hines' part is, um, but that should be fun. So everybody kind of – I guess everyone besides Mike – did their own little pod. I did put a call out on Twitter, but we didn't get any, uh, nobody sent in any audio clips, but you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Uh, maybe we'll try again. If, um, if you're ever inclined, you know, just go to the, whatever voice memo app on your iPhone, talk into it, and then just send it to smallcouncilpod at gmail.com. And I'll try to work it into a podcast. We don't really have plans for the off-season yet, though I'm sure we'll try to get into something. I always toy with the idea of reading the books. So before we get uh, too deep, I did want to say that there probably will be discussion of the trailer for this coming episode, as well as the title uh, we will be talking about, um, because we these are varied conversations that were recorded and assembled together for this special podcast. So you also might hear people repeat topics, and you might hear people repeat topics and have a different opinion on it the second time around, <laughs> and that's probably me. Um, but uh, just note, we will be talking about the... Um, the trailer that they showed after the battle of the bastards for this upcoming episode, as well as the title. So here we go. Okay. So I did want to say I I had a, uh, I I wanted to talk a little bit about while I had the chance, some podcasts that I've been listening to and kind of give a shout out to, I mean, of course, um, the Joffrey of podcasts, our boys over there and podcast Winterfell goes without saying a pot of casts, Um, which has been fantastic. Abe's been a great addition to that show. I'm so glad that Roberto kept the, uh, kept it alive. And I do miss Robin though. 
Uh, that would be awesome if they all three of them did the podcast, really. Um, of course, uh, Bald Move. Uh, love those guys and love the business that they're doing and how they're so dedicated to podcasting. They're really doing it right. Um, some other podcasts that I listen to. Uh, let's see. Man, I listen to too many of these. Um, the Tower of Babel I started listening to. That's a good podcast. The Citadel, which is the Guardian podcast. Uh, the Guardian, the UK Um I, uh, it's okay. The, um, the woman on the podcast insists on pronouncing Daenerys Dianaries or something like that. And it drives me crazy. Um, the verdict sin. I love those guys, or I should say guy and girl, uh, Nicole and Gary. Um, that dude, Gary is funny as hell. He's like, he's a creeper, man. He he'll just, it's like, he's just sitting back like Nicole's talking. He's just sitting back and like, just leaning in. And saying some funny shit. Um, she is great too. She's a very good host. Uh, but she had the idea that they might drop the um, the book because the episode is called "The Winds of Winter," and that's a, I guess, the title of the next book. Um, myself not being a book reader, I cannot completely verify that, but that's what I've heard. And uh, that they might drop the book like right as the episode ends. And I thought that was kind of fun. And then I heard somebody else mention it on another podcast. I was like, wow, that would be kind of cool if that happened. Um, A podcast of Ice and Fire I listened to. Demon Monkey podcast. I like those guys. Um, Let's see. What else? The EW Game of Thrones podcast. That's pretty good because that guy James Hibbard is like on the set. So that's a fun podcast to listen to. These are all Game of Thrones podcast people. I'm not telling you everything. Um, and I can't say I get to these all every week. Uh, the Dragons on the Wall, which I think is the IGN one, is kind of funny. Um, and I think that's it. I think those are all the Game of Thrones podcasts that I listen to. I don't I don't know if I missed anybody out there. Um, I know some people, some TV or entertainment podcasts I listen to will periodically cover Game of Thrones, like um, The Watch, uh, I can think of, and of course, other people that I may or may not have mentioned uh, that we know will cover it as well. But those are some of the podcasts that I've been listening to. Someone had asked about, like, that it's cool to talk when you talk about other podcasts. You know, I don't have any hate to say, you know, I think the Game of Thrones podcasting community, though it's much larger in Lost, there's like, there was a lot of different static. I don't know, maybe because that show kind of had those themes or elements, but I don't find that in Game of Thrones. Everybody's pretty cool. And I'm not going to bring any hate on this podcast, though if Donald was on with me, he'd probably bring it out of me. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. So just thinking about the finale tomorrow. Yo, it has me nervous. I was nervous last episode. Um, that was that battle was crazy. And you know, I've been hearing some people talk about um, how maybe the it, the spectacle of it made you lose sight of the emotion or what was happening in it. And I didn't feel that way. But you know, uh, when you have a big set piece like that. It's almost, it's like it's like a yes or a no. You either get taken away with it or you don't. And if you don't, you're kind of going to be fighting it the whole time. So I can understand where people are coming from. 
but I don't I don't think blaming a uh, the writers or production um, for any failings in the episode uh, really rang true. I thought it was really well written and I liked people's actions. A lot of people, of course, complaining about Sansa and we talked about the character, but just why she didn't tell John. I'm totally fine with the fact that she's just unsure of herself and or that, quite honestly, she didn't trust him. I mean, look what he did. You know, uh, maybe it was just intuition that she had, or maybe she wasn't even sure Littlefinger was going to come. I didn't find it to be that big of a plot contrivance, nor did I find it to be out of character for her. So that's the most important thing. Um, hmm. What else do we got to think about here? Uh, maybe some other podcast stuff I uh, was thinking about with this episode. Um, I think a lot of people also, well, to be nitpicky, picking up on the fact that Sansa didn't, wasn't there when uh, Ramsey said his dogs needed to be fed. Stuff like that, man, it didn't bother me. I, I just, I was taken away with it, you know, totally taken away with it. And I really think it was a, it really did have a lot of emotional um, heft to it. Uh, though I still kind of feel like the Jon Snow being that lucky, I wish it wasn't that. I think I now know that it is, but I wish it wasn't that. Um, I wish that there was something else going on because, you know, I'm always dying for some kind of weird magical shit to happen because I like that shit. I like that next level shit when the show surprises you or does something crazy or even sometimes stupid. I enjoy stuff like that. More so when they pull it off, which Game of Thrones, I think, always does. I can't really remember a time when I think that they completely dropped the ball, even with the Arya and the Theon and the Dorne shit. It's still it's still better than, you know, like, uh, I don't want to make fun of anybody's favorite sci-fi culty show, but suffice to say, I enjoy, I still enjoy the show, as we always say, even when at its worst, Game of Thrones is still probably the best show on television. Uh, at this point in time, um, let's see any out there predictions. Well, I'd have to say that judging from the trailer, Donald was texting us in our text thread earlier today. And I was kind of feeling this too. Um, Jamie and Walter Frey together and the Freys and the Lannisters send their regards. And, you know, that just is starting to feel not good. You know, they keep on bringing people back and killing them and they're bringing back Walter Frey again and Jamie's there and we see where he's at with Cersei and I don't know, I you know, Donald was saying maybe we'll see Red Wedding too. Maybe he's going to talk about that in his clip. Uh, I probably just stepped on him. Sorry, Donald. Um, but uh, that would be crazy. That would be crazy, and maybe it may be, and who would do it, though? You know, um, the Brotherhood Without Banners is what I thought, that they come in there and they just kind of take, take them all out. But I would almost think, this is the thing, I would think, now I can't remember, was Jamie, did Jamie run into them? I can't. I, I kind of remember. Okay. Well, you know what? Somebody's probably going to tweet at me and tell me. Um, but either way, I just get the feeling that Jamie could talk his way out of anything. 
Um, so even if something like that started to occur, I could see him turning on the phrase very quickly and just being like, fuck this all, you know, Cersei's about to be on trial. I just can't, I can't, I just, I have to go there. So whatever, I'm just going to let happen what happens. Um, I could see that happening with, I mean, he did it. That's another thing that a lot of people brought up that I found interesting is the whole Brienne thing is that Brienne just basically laid out the whole plans. We're going to try to take Winterfell and Jamie did not, we did not see him acting on it. They didn't even have some suspicious scene of him sending a Raven or something. It just seemed to go on and then he let her go. So I just don't think that he cares about the fact that, I mean, basically at this point with Dorn, uh, what Littlefinger's done with what's going on, uh, what, what was going on at River Run, um, you do kind of have a country like in revolt, you know, uh, at least what half of it. Um, I'm not a guy who could sit here and I don't even know if I could name all the seven kingdoms or, um, all the different places. I probably couldn't. Um, but Hey, I know it enough to talk on this podcast, right? People come on, uh, <laughs> give me some credit. I've got, I, I've got a microphone and a recording device. My opinion matters. Um, I think, um, yeah, that would be, I just, I don't want to see Jamie. I don't want to see Jamie die. I've been talking about Cersei. See, I feel with Cersei that her storyline has run its course. That's how I feel. It can always be redeemed, but I feel like it's been heading in one direction for so long that I am very comfortable with the natural conclusion of her dying. Either, you know, most likely by her own hand. Um, but I don't want to see that for Jamie. I don't feel like that's true for Jamie. I feel like Jamie is still up in the air. The question of whether or not he he can listen to the, you know, the better part of himself is still, is still in, is still in doubt. So I want to see that continue. So I hope that if there is some, something that goes down because it's just so suspicious, you know, and Donald's good at picking up on this stuff where, where they're being blatant. That just, that's like the whole red wedding thing. Like even where they were sitting and everything that just that quick trailer shot they showed. We've talked so much about King's Landing already. I feel like I'm just going to kind of let it roll and see what happens. Um, I hope that I definitely, as I'll talk about with Afu, hope that we see um, some more brand stuff. Um, Because, you know, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you hear me talk so much about that kind of history and lore stuff. And, you know, and that's why everyone says, hey, you should read the books because it's probably more of that and that or the you know, the other material than there probably is in the show. But hey, I feel like they've showed us a lot this year, though I'm getting more of a feeling, even though this episode is called The Winds of Winter, I'm getting more of the feeling of this being a a, a, a closing down uh, or a um, kind of thinning out of what's happening in Westeros and Essos and less of a, you know, White Walkers bring down the wall type of stuff like that. I'm just not getting that feeling. I don't even, you know, Donald actually, again, he he texted before. Maybe we won't even see the White Walkers. Um, 
And uh, I'm kind of, I was in agreement with that when he, when he, I was kind of thinking the same thing, you know, there's just, there's so much else going on and whether you have, if the sand snakes pop up or the brotherhood and, and um, uh, the hound, oh, like see the hound and Jamie, right? If the brotherhood pops up there and, and red wedding too, um, the hound might be there to kind of, you know work things out with Jamie. Uh, but I don't know if he likes Jamie. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, I think it's going to be an exciting episode. Like I said, I'm nervous. Um, I almost feel like, uh, just coming on the podcast and finding out what happened and then watching it. (laughs) That'd be kind of funny. If one of us did that one podcast where we just didn't watch it, we just came on the podcast and asked what happened. And you could kind of hear how everybody explained the episode differently. You know, we should try that next season. All right, that's that's a quest for next season. Well, anyway, I think that's enough of me. Um, I do, of course, want to take the time and the opportunity to thank everyone who downloads the episode and listens to it. You know, I know sometimes the uh, I can be a I try to be a stickler about the audio quality, but it's not always possible. Um, we do what we do and I think it's great anyway it comes out. I'm always happy. I try to do the do some editing to smooth it out. But we are who we are and you know, it's part of the personality of what we do. Um which is just talking about shows that we love and we enjoy everyone being a part of the conversation. So of course, hit us up on Twitter, email us. If you have any ideas for the podcast, you know, reach out to us. Um, we do this for fun. So if we had an idea, I'm sure that we could all get into, um, I'm sure that we do it, uh, being so the off season is coming up and who knows how many episodes are left. I keep on hearing contradictory things. I thought it was two episodes, two seasons of seven. Then I heard eight. Now I heard it might be one regular episode, one season of 10, and then an additional episode, uh, season of six, I don't, I don't know. I've heard various things. Honestly, whatever they do, they do. I'm happy with what these guys, Dan and Dave want to do with the show. Um, I hope that I always thought if I was railroad, George R. R. Martin, just to pontificate here again, um, I would have just, uh, I would have just stopped with the books. I really would have. And I would have just said, look, the, uh, not, and not out of disrespect, really more out of respect and said, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. And I'm going to concentrate on these books. I know this other story is going to be told. So let me see that one out because that has a time limit that has thousands of people working on it that have to know when they are getting a paycheck and when they're going to be away from their families. It's not one guy in a room writing who sends it to an editor or has a couple of friends look at it. You know, not that that's writing is easy, not at all, but it does not involve thousands of people all over the world. Not to mention all the marketing people, HBO people, people like us, you know, I'm just saying, come on. He should have just said, I ain't going to write this book. Um, the next one, I guess, because he came out with one of them while the show was still going on. So that one, if that, that sounds like those two were almost the same, if I understand correctly. 
So maybe parts of it had already been written. But anyway, that's what I always thought. And then I always, because I think that this show would benefit more from uh, Railroad's involvement. He's the creator. I mean, look, Dan and Dave have done a wonderful job. They've done a fantastic job. I think they're great. I think they're fantastic showrunners and a production of this size. It, it, they've done, it's remarkable what they've accomplished. Um, but for the heart, it would have been good to have him more along the ride. And that's what I hear. That's what I hear as a non-book reader. When I hear book readers say that, that's the way I would express it. Not that I think the books are better or something, because it's for me, it's just, it's totally different. Though this, I don't agree there. You can spoil their stories, you know, uh, there's plot points, but I mean the experience and what it is, they're two different things. And from what I understand, the book is so different. Um, so I would have just, I thought, I would have thought for his sake, enjoy the ride, man, you know? Like, enjoy doing the, just do the show, do appearances, help them with the show, make a guest appearance, be on the set. But, you know, hey, I have my own uh, ideas and he's living a life, you know. Um, but I always thought that that would kind of be cool. So it disappointed me when it, when, uh, he wasn't going to be a really a part of this season like that though, from what I understand, they're constantly exchanging notes and stuff like that. So that's still being a part of it. Uh, I have no idea how I got on that tangent, but I did, and I'm just going to keep it in and we're rolling. So I think next up, um, I'm going to hit you with. Uh, let's hit you with Donald and then Heath is going to come in. Uh, and then I think you're going to hear, um, me and Afu. And then I think you're going to hear DJ Tim Hines. We'll go out with DJ Tim Hines. Um, and once again, enjoy it. We all recorded separately. Didn't even talk about what we were talking about. And again, um, I've probably already said things that I'm going to later contradict, in my discussion with RF, <laughs> but Hey, it's all good. Uh, thanks for downloading the podcast. Enjoy. And without further ado, here is the man, the myth, the legend, Donald jr. Hello, small council people. It's me, Donald. I am sending in this live recorded, unedited voice message for the podcast. It's currently 95 degrees and I'm driving. Uh, with the humidity, it is 2,040 degrees, so bear with me, because it's hot. So, uh, I guess final thoughts before the finale. Look, some people are going to die. Some people are going to have sex. Some people are going to get naked. We haven't had enough nudity, our nakedness, which is the same thing, our sex this season. So, I feel like Dave and Dan are going to try and cram all of that into the last episode. Uh, as far as death predictions... I made a comment earlier in the season that, or actually a couple episodes ago that I think Jamie's kaput. Uh, someone's going to put the kibosh on him. I think he's gone. Uh, Axel's all freaking out about the trailer, so I'm not going to talk about the trailer. And we'll just keep it safe, uh, even though I kind of side with Matt on the side of the trailers aren't spoilers, but I respect whatever uh, someone thinks a spoiler is, at least for the time being. So look, I feel like Jamie's gone. Uh, I don't think he's going to go back to King's Landing. 
I, I feel like there's still something that has to happen. Maybe he'll meet up with Brienne. I don't know. Again, even though they did their wave goodbye, I still think that uh, that something's gonna happen. He's gonna get jumped, or somebody's maybe somebody pay Braun to to cut his throat or something. Who knows? Uh, that's one prediction. As far as King's Landing, at this point, it's kind of fact that <laughs> Cersei's gonna blow up a lot of crap with the wildfire. They have telegraphed it. And look, let's be honest. While this show is cutting edge and it's it's often surprising, a lot of the things that they do as far as big surprises are kind of telegraphed. And you can think back to season one. The biggest surprise of all was that Ned got killed, but that was telegraphed. Uh, you look back, I mean, what else was going to happen? You know, in a conventional television show, he's the hero. He wouldn't have died, but that is almost anti-real life. In this show... Ned, if Ned would, did all that stuff in real life, probably would have got killed, and he did get killed. The Red Wedding, that was a shocker, but it was telegraphed. If you didn't think that something was going to happen from the moment they walked in there, then you weren't paying attention. A lot of the surprises are surprises in the moment, but if you go back, you see, like, they plant a lot of seeds. So, um, starting from the first episode where we saw Bran this season, uh... He had a vision of wildfire exploding. It looked like it was underneath the sept or underneath uh, the red keep, wherever they keep the, the wildfire. We saw the old scenes of, of the Mad King ordering, you know, the production of wildfire to pretty much place some caches all around the city. We got to see that happen. And the one thing that was different was the fact that we saw one blow up. And we know that. Uh, from our history and from what Jamie has told us and, 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 and the fact that everything's still there, that he never got to blow it up because Jamie killed him first. So seeing that blow up in Bran's visions probably sparked the theory in everybody uh, that we were going to see that happen and that was actually a future event uh, kind of camouflaged with a bunch of past stuff. Uh, our second hint uh, that we got and look, we can go back further, even till to the last season where Cersei tells Jamie she's going to burn Dorne to the ground. She's always had a, a, a thing for burning crap, all right? Uh, so we can go farther back than that. But a second second one this season was Cersei uh, asking, or Kyburn actually coming up to Cersei with his devilish grin saying, I checked into that, uh, that thing you asked me, you know, in the finale when we blow everything up. You know, so we got that. And then Tyrion looks right at the camera in the last episode and says, Cersei's going to blow shit up. He's reading directly from a script. Uh, it was that heavy-handed where he tells us exactly where those, those wildfire uh, caches are. Uh, so it's going to happen, guys. The, my only concern is to what extent. Are we really going to see them destroy everything or is it just going to be a couple of controlled burns? are a couple of controlled explosions because wildfire explodes doesn't just burn uh so mm, i don't know are they, are they that bold to destroy king's landing with two seasons left i don't think so i think some crap is going to get destroyed and some people are going to die uh we can possibly say goodbye to the septon he's gone in my opinion i think tom is going to get caught in the crossfire uh, by accident and cersei will have to live with that i think that's going to be the biggest moment um, coming from that, um, possibly Kevin, because he's insignificant. Um, some other, some other no names. There's not many that, that many people that are named. I don't think they killed Marjorie, but I think uh, whatever that fucking fool's name is, uh, 
with the mustache. I forget his name already, but um, Mace Tyrell, he's gone because he's just a dumbass and he needs to burn. Uh, I sound like the Mad King. All right, sorry I'm talking too long. Hope Axel asked for a clip and giving him a whole damn podcast. So uh, more predictions. Arya's not going to make it back to King's Landing and she's not going to kill anybody. That's too ridiculous for me. Uh, I think Danny. Here's my question or my thoughts. Uh, Danny can either get on the ships and or get her people on the ships, and that's probably what we'll see is them getting ready. But they're not going to get there. Or is she going to go to Yunkai and Astapor and try to, uh, you know, install some leadership there, which I think would be the smartest thing to do. We don't want to just forget about those plots. But I think at the beginning of next season, we'll see her start to move towards Westeros. Uh, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Whatever's left of, the, of King's Landing, uh, she'll land there. But uh, we'll probably see something with Dorne and the Sand Snakes. They're probably going to kill, trying to kill some people in King's Landing as well. We forgot about that. So we might see a big clash where everybody gets to King's Landing and they're like, Hey, where's King's Landing? And there's just a bunch of ash. So, and then everybody looks at the camera and goes, wah, wah, wah. And then George R. R. Martin comes out and takes a piss right on the camera. Uh, that's my prediction. Um, other than that, who, who do we have left? Uh, Sansa and John. I think we'll see some kind of election process. Maybe like the King's Moot where uh, John will be installed as the King of the North or, or Warden of the North because I don't think he can be King unless... Uh, technically he would be king I mean t- technically if he's king in the north he could probably legitimize himself how does that work I don't know because uh, at, the, at the point at the time being like the north is, is independent so uh, I don't know Brexit uh, so look uh, other than that we have I don't know the Iron Islands but they're, they're with Danny so that's all incorporated into that one storyline um, we got a we got a jam packed you know episode it's going to be an extra long episode and I look forward to some good good things happening. I think that this season has been rocky, uh, but the good moments were great, and the bad moments were terrible, as always. So um, I'm still waiting to see Arya's wolf, Nymeria. Nymeria, I think she's going to team up with Ghost, and they're going to have more babies, and they're going to give them back to all the Starks that are left, and then uh, the cycle repeats itself. Uh, that, that might be wishful thinking. Um, so anyway... Thank you guys for listening during the season. Thank you guys for putting up with us. Uh, thank you, Axel, for always being there to keep us in line and keep everything edited. Uh, don't you you know that I appreciate how much work you do on that end. Uh, I am thankful that I don't have to do it anymore. But hey, I'm glad you are doing it, and I really appreciate it. Even if even if Heath doesn't, I know he hates you. But uh, I, that's it. Feel free to edit all these uhs and ums and blah, blah, blah. Also, spoilers, everybody dies in the finale. Uh, the books say that uh, Lady Stoneheart is Brienne's uh, li- li- illegitimate child that she had when she uh, became transgender. And that's it. See you later. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Small Council Podcast, a Game of Thrones podcast dealing the TV show Game of Thrones. Yes, and I am resurrected. Heath Snowlow is back. He's had a little hiatus. Unfortunately, Lady Solo's father passed away suddenly. So we had to head to Europe for the funeral. Uh, but I'm back in the States, ready to talk Game of Thrones. want to thank my good buddies, Mr. Axel Foley, Mikey Hull, DJ Timmy Hines and 
not the little Donald on the shoulder, but the real Donald for holding down the fort. And then our, you know, amazing special guests. Uh, of course, we had uh, the great Matt Murdock back, Tracy, uh, Michael Aaron came on, my boy Tipsy Russell on the Twitter. Uh, we had some, you know, some great Susan back in the day. That That's when I was on the podcast. But I had to take a little leave of absence because of personal reasons. But I'm back with a little Heath Snowlow edition. And we're going to have also followed after me Axel Foley and a special guest. So we'll tease that. And also I have a special Heath Snowlow giveaway. We're going to be giving away on the Small Council Pod. The Living Language Dothraki, Game of Thrones, the official book and CD. Uh, the CD contains, and the book, uh, a complete conversational language instruction course written by the creator of Dothraki, David J. Peterson, with vocabulary words from Arak to, oh gosh, Zavarosa, as well as grammar, cultural information, and practice exercises. You'll be ready for everything from saying hello to horseback riding expressions. It's a little giveaway. There's a little caveat with the giveaway, something you have to do. Before Axel comes on with this special guest, I'll give you the details of the contest, how you can enter to win this official Dothraki set, the CD and the book. And uh, you'll have to just do a little supporting of Heath Snowlow. And you'll see how at the end of the pod. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little about no one. Hit some points that I was unable to unfortunately talk about. Then Battle of the Bastards. And then I'll have some questions leading up to the finale. And then you'll hear Axel with his special guests. So we've got a complete extra pod. If you're jonesing for Game of Thrones, you can't wait till Sunday night. This will be out the Saturday before, so you can listen to more content, and uh, hopefully you're happy that Snolo is back. So, before I begin, I just want to play, you know, my dear Khaleesi has been following me around with her dragons, so we will resume soon. So remember, you can follow us on the Twitter at Small Council Pod, and you can email us any theories, concerns you have about the show, smallcouncilpod at gmail.com. 
And as we've been doing the feedback episode every week, I will unfortunately not be on the initial reaction after the finale, but I will be on the feedback podcast. So I'll be able to get my info in there, my one liners. <laughs> I'm sure you've missed them. Uh, Axel has picked up the slack. I just love that. My little Donald. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Uh, the guys are great. Love it. Uh, and then I'm hoping we can do some off-season podcasts. Um, maybe, you know, at least like a once-a-month thing. Uh, I think we definitely will be able to do that. Maybe we'll hit some things, you know, rewatch some episodes. Who knows? It'll We'll do something fun. I uh, guarantee it because... I'm not going to say this is feeling like lost podcasting again, but this is Game of Thrones has definitely got us excited, and it, it's just it's just a great show and just having a lot of fun uh, theorizing and uh, talking about the show. So the first thing I want to do as I sip on my Imp's Delight that I have here imported, uh, it's not Dornish, it's definitely got a Lannister flavor. Mm. Pretty good. Anyway, so getting back to episode eight, no one. Uh, I know everyone kind of talked about it. I just want to go through a couple of my simple thoughts on the episode. Uh, actually, liked I, I liked this episode. The Arya stuff was a little rough, um, and I'll get to it. But you know, I was in the Czech Republic, and I had to find some illegal website. I don't know if it's illegal over there, but I was able to watch the episode on my iPad. Uh, so the stuff at River Run was very dark, and I, I missed a lot of that uh, just f from the feed I had. But I was able to watch it, listen to some podcasts, because I had some Wi-Fi over there in the Czech Republic. But just, you know, a couple of things I had is the scene with the mountain. When one of the uh, the faith militant attacks him, and the mountain goes, I just feel like the mountains. He's strong, and he seems like a beast that could beat anyone, but he just seems very slow to me. Um, he, he takes too much time to grab you, to rip you out, and throw you. If like ten people attacked him, I just can't see him going all around and beating everyone at once. Now, whether he can be killed, um, who knows? I just, it'd be interesting to see if his mask came off, what he'd look like. That'd be interesting. But he just seems, he's very strong, but he just seems a little too slow. So I'm thinking if you have enough people and you come at him, he can be beaten. Uh, I love Braun. If I have to say one character I would be on Game of Thrones, I would definitely be Braun. Uh, when he's with Pod, talk about his magic cock, and it's just, and he's teaching him how to fight. The fact that you know, and they talk about you know Jamie's so good looking, and he misses you know working with the imp uh, Tyrion, but the, the fact that he takes time with Pod. And he's shown him his stance, and he's like, "Okay, look down at your stance," and he slaps him, uh, and he's like, "Hey." Everyone's going to want to slap a squire. It just, it was very genuine. And he still, as the scene is about to end, he's still honestly helping Podrick out and training him and, and trying to give him some pointers anyway. And I really liked that. I thought that was a very good moment. Uh, it shows you Braun. He's just, you know, he's a sellsword. He's cool as hell. And I, I just hope he's 
they keep him on in the series. I hope he has a bigger role because Jerome Flynn is such a great actor and I just really enjoy watching him. Of course, no more trial by combat. Uh, you know, that that's interesting. You know, you know whatever. Um, I love when uh, Jamie Lannister uh, says, you know, talking to Edmure and he's telling about Cersei, you know, and Catelyn about protecting their babies. And with... Cersei's like they would burn cities to ash to you know to not to free them but to you know to to protect them and I'm like oh here comes DJ Timmy Hines's magic fire or wildfire or whatever fire it's gonna kill bring down King's Landing I just see it coming uh the whole blackfish thing I really wanted the blackfish to leave River Run with Brienne and Pod help out Sansa but he's just like, you know, I haven't had a fight and, you know. And at first I didn't like that we di- we didn't see the end of Blackfish. And I almost called him Catfish again, Jeffrey Podcast. <sighs> the Tullys, I don't know. Edmir, that whole plan. It just, you know, at first I'm like, this is such a letdown, this scene. I want to see a big battle. But you know what? It worked for me. The second time around, I liked it. So the whole River Run thing, I thought it was good. You know, Jamie... I think he's struggling to be a Lannister. He's trying to convince himself in his mind, I love Cersei, and it's all about Cersei, and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Even when he's talking with Brienne and about what he has to do, he he's struggling, but he, he talks about the Lannister name, and I have to follow this code. But I see the in- internal struggle with him, and I have a feeling something's got to happen for him to break away and you know i don't know it's just say jamie does whether he kills cersei or like axel's been saying you know i said it like season three i expect jamie to uh to push cersei out the window like he did uh bran um i don't think that's gonna happen now but okay say cersei dies or he just gets fed up with cersei what does jamie lannister do then does he side with someone does he become a sellsword um, I, I still think, does Bran get revenge on Jamie for doing what he did? But yet, if Jamie doesn't push Bran out the window, does Bran, you know, go on this path? It's almost like that had to happen. I'm just curious what would happen to Jamie if he abandons the whole Lannister thing and joins somewhere else. Uh, be very interesting. Or does just Brienne cut him down and beat him? You know, I don't know. Would he go against the Starks? Um, you know, so the whole Jamie, I, I know the difference between him and the book and the show is different. I don't want to go into that because we get into spoiler territory. But I just the whole Jamie character, I'm wondering where that's going. Um, but I think the key is what happens to Cersei to see what, what happens with Jamie. Um, it was good to see, uh, Beric Dondarrion and Thoris of Muir, um, and the Hound. The Hound's awesome. Uh, it looks like they're going to be coming together. And now with Arya coming, she wants to go back to Winterfell. Would, would we see Arya team up with the Brotherhood Without Banners again and the Hound? Could that be her way as they go north? Uh, I don't know if the time frame... Knowing Game of Thrones, Arya could be right behind him as we speak. But um, I just feel like that's the next step to meet up with them again. 
but with her knowledge now and her fighting experience, hopefully, I mean, does Arya, is she going to be able to change her face? Is she not? Do you need to be around Bravos? I mean, Jock and Hagar was away from Bravos when he was face changing. So I got to believe, will Arya be able to face change? Um, you know, that's the interesting thing with Arya, or is it just she's just going to be Arya again with a little more maturity and knowledge uh, and fighting? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know everyone was upset with the Arya storyline at Bravos and the whole T1000 thing. I liked the waif, but man, the way she like was running and looking around, she did look like a Terminator. It was a little ridiculous. And I guess, you know, everyone's talking about the stab with Arya and how, you know, she got stabbed twice. How could she survive? Um, you know, I liked Lady Crane. I was, I was it's too bad she got killed. Uh, I did like that actress. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it wasn't much she could do to fit into the the whole, unless Arya went, got into acting. <laughs> I like when Arya, though, it's such a, uh, you know, when Macy Williams delivers the line, I couldn't remember all the lines. You know, it's just so funny. They have so much dialogue in Game of Thrones, and they do a great job. It's just kind of funny in that aspect. But it's just, what bo really bothered me, you know, I was getting... I love Jack and Hagar in season two and was so excited to see him again, whether he is Jack and or just a faceless man. But I was just getting to go so sick of it. You know, it's not the actor's fault, just like, you know, no one has no name and no one is no one. And it's just like his dialogue. I'm just like, oh my God, shoot me now. And, you know, well, the Born Identity action sequences were was kind of cool but it just yeah the the aria storyline in bravos it just went on too long it you know it was great when she used the face to kill uh samir and trent and then they blinded her like it was like up to that point it was great we got oysters clams and cockles and everything and oysters clams and cockles i have to put that out there um but just this season with it, just... Uh, and then Jack and Gar's like, you are no one now because you killed the waif. That makes no sense. You know, you didn't carry out killing Lady Crane that you were supposed to. But now that you survived the waif and beat her in the dark, evidently, you are no one now. It made no freaking sense to me. And so that bothered me. And then he's like smiling when she leaves, like, I am already stuck. I'm going back to Westeros. Peace out, bitch. And it's just like, and he, he smirks. Now, the only way that would work for me is if we did find out that Cyril Pharrell was Jock and Hagar, etc. Probably not, but it would make a lot of sense because Cyril Pharrell started training Arya and then um, that connection there. But, man, they really missed the boat on this Bravos thing, and I don't know whose fault it is, but... It just, it just, it really put a sour taste. It, 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 I hate to say it, but the it put a Dorn taste in my mouth, which I didn't like. So, but what are we going to do? Arya gets back. I, you know, be interested to see what happens with her. And uh, if she, I, I would love to see her hook up with the Brothers Without Banners and the Hound and that 
them kind of just and we see the development of her um got to do some more thinking about the whole Arya thing after a rewatch and maybe do a podcast on her evolution i would like because i know donald the whole sansa thing he hates that character uh i think sansa's been through a lot but i would love to like go in detail and go through the moments of Arya and Sansa and where they're at. And really, um, I have more stuff about Sansa I want to talk about. I'm going to save it for another podcast, though, because I've been thinking about that a lot, uh, about her character and her development. And you'd be shocked, I think, with the stuff I've come up with, I'm more a San a Sansa believer now than I was at the beginning. Like I hated her at the beginning. She was just a whiny little kid who wanted to get married to Joffrey. Um, and then she, you know, a little teaser here. Then when she, when she was promised that her father would be fine and then they behead Ned. And then she wants to put jo- push Joffrey off that. Like, you know, he wants to push him and the hound kind of steps in. That's where, Sansa starts to turn. She's like, screw this. And then she manipulates Joffrey, like saving the fool's life and kind of pretending. And then her relationship with the Hound. And then when she gets away and goes with Littlefinger, when she thinks, Littlefinger thinks she's, he's going to, she's going to throw him under the bus when they're at the Vale and she lies for him. Then she, you know, knits a sweater or whatever and then seems to become more i mean she gets scared when her aunts are about to kill her and 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 the whole thing with peter she gets tough with peter i mean not peter robin and so there's turns there and then so manipulating with baelish but then getting sucked in to do the ramsey thing and then she suffers under ramsey's thumb but because of theon she begs for theon and theon helps her and they go on this journey and then you know, everything now with her recruiting with John and her, you know, being tough with Ramsey and being afraid but yet standing on her own and then becoming like Ramsey and watching Ramsey get eaten by dogs. Um, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't going to talk about it. And I just went through it. But it just seems like there is a lot there with Sansa. And though, you know, whether you like her or not, she has come a long way. And so is she the greatest character ever? No, but there is evolution there with her and there's more to come. So I think, and then with Brienne, you know, doing the whole Baelish thing, Brienne's like, I'm here to take you. And he's, she's like, no, I'm not going with you. But then finally realizing, you know what? I was wrong. You know, I want you, want you around. So there is a lot more with Sansa than I think, you know, some people want to, Donald, um, no, <laughs> you know, again, it's just, it's just throwing it out there. Maybe it's something we can discuss. I, you know, whether you like her or not, she has been through a lot and I, she has gone through changes. So I think Sandra's character has gotten better. She hasn't done everything right. And she's not the perfect character. I've always said she's going to become like Catelyn and be like her mom. She's still got a long way to go, but I think she's on the right path. But with Arya, I just feel like, I don't know, there's something missing with her storyline, and she seems like the same person 
maybe she could fight a little more, but something's really missing there, and they really missed out um, with the House of Black and White. And I just, you know, you know, I just keep drinking Imps Delight and see what happens. Okay, let's get to the epic Battle of the Bastards, Episode 9. Flawless episode. I remember in no one when Danny showed up, it was kind of weird, and it was like, okay, what's going on? But the stuff at Marine was awesome. Um, it really... Finally... Tyrion wasn't wasted. He's been wasted all year making drunk jokes with Masande and Obama Worm. It's just, you know, Varys leaves again. He's going on a mission, whatever. It's just, he's underused. Varys. Or Varys, whatever. I like saying Varys. Uh, but Varys and Tyrion, it's just really like, okay, they were together, but it's, you know, about eunuch jokes and... Uh, that could have been better. I just, that, I just, they're wasting two amazing actors. And I liked Tyrion this episode. I like, oh, I did like when he released the dragons. That was good. But it just seems like, God, when you, you know, when he goes through his trial and everything at King's Landing, and even, you know, in the first season at Winterfell, freaking, and at the Vale, Tyrion is freaking awesome. And it just, and, and Tyrion and Braun together, that's, that's what we're missing. They need to be back together. Uh, but, you know, I like the stuff at Marine. Uh, I love the Dothraki coming in, man. That's awesome. Okay, the one thing, though, that I'm worried about. Okay, so about the ships, and you put the Dothraki on wooden horses. They're going to be puking their guts out. They're not used to being on the sea. So when they get to King's Landing, if they if they arrive by ships or whatever, Westeros, it's like I feel like they're just going to be like, annihilated because they're going to be all puking and sick and I just I, I I just someone who's never been on a boat for that long I just have a feeling they're going to be weakened um, I hope we get more Dario 2.0 I hope for the finale uh, I don't know if Jorah's storyline is going to be brought up it may be next season I hope it is uh, but the Marine stuff, I'm like, I'm ready to move on from Marine. It was awesome, though, when Obama Worm cut down those two. It was like, all right, Masande, God, whew, she's smoking. But um, hot, that is. But it just, um, I liked the Marine stuff, the stuff, you know, with Theon and, um, I was going Theon and Greyjoy, Theon and Yara. I liked the Danny Yara stuff back and forth. Um, very interesting, and, you know, I, I liked that. But someone brought up, I think it was on Matt's uh, podcast, Winterfell's Call-In Show, that it'd be interesting if Theon and Tyrion start get together. I think that's what it was, Theon and Tyrion. Or, yeah, Theon and Tyrion, and, and Tyrion can kind of get Theon back to where, uh, I think it was Joe from Canada, I want to say. I think it was from B.C., um, that that would be interesting uh, if we could see some Tyrion and Theon and kind of get Theon uh, could get help from Tyrion to kind of get back, not to be the asshole rapist kind of Theon, a womanizer. Uh, I don't know if he's a rapist, but you know what I mean, like that. He was kind of an ass, but 
I'd like to see Theon come back, but not fully, but just enough where he could be use useful. Um, I just hope they haven't built a thousand ships in three episodes or whatever. So that was cool. Okay, Battle of the Bastards. A couple things I want to say about the battle. One, everyone who's been saying Recon should be running zigzag like he's running from an alligator. And, you know, so why wasn't he running zigzag? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, listen. The kid is like 12 years old. He's been imprisoned. Uh, he's got Ramsey. has got him by a freaking rope. God knows what Ramsey did to him, and he tells him to run. Do you think he's really thinking, okay, he's shooting arrows at me. i got to run zigzag now. No. The dude is fucking afraid for his life. He's freaking out. He's just trying to get to John. He's not going to, you know, so people nitpick too much on this show. So the whole zigzag thing, relax, okay? Like Aaron Rodgers and Rebet, relax. It just it just bothers me that we see a giant, we see magic, we see, you know, Melisandre take her freaking necklace off and she's an old woman. That's fine. But little technical things we get all freaked out about. And it's just like, relax. The kid was freaked out. He had no one to tell him to run zigzag. And whether he could run zigzag or not, whatever. He was going to get killed anyway. So, relax. Relax. And yes, John messed up by going after Recon. Recon. Rickon. Recon. Totally screwed up and could have totally died. And he played into Ramsey's hand. But I guarantee you, if you're him and you see your sister or your brother or a loved one, like, running for their lives, I would have done the same thing. I can't blame Jon Snow, and that's Jon Snow's character. He wanted to save his brother. And you can't blame him. Yeah, for a military thing, yes, it was stupid. Foxtrot, Tango, Echo, Bravo. It was dumb. But... Come on, man. Can you blame him? So, all right, relax. Hey, I keep relaxing. But the battle scene was unbelievable. I mean, when Jon Snow was underneath and suffocating, God, I was like, Ugh. I was suffocating too. I know Axel said he had a, like four anxiety attacks during the episode, but it it was remarkable. One problem, one one. He felt like he could have killed more of the uh, Bolton army, and he kind of didn't. Maybe he, you know, he was tired and he was hit by so many arrows. He just he was weak, <coughs> and he, he used his last energy to get to Winterfell. But it just, and then of course we all knew the Vale troops were coming with Littlefinger, and it, and it. It kind of sucks because we talk about the show so much, and we, when our theories are right, or our, you know, we think about something, we're right. We're like, ah, what a, you know, predictable. But hey, you know, if we just watched the show and didn't think about it week to week, we probably wouldn't have thought about it. But that's what we do. We podcast. We theorize. We listen to other podcasts. We think. We think. We think. So, it happened. It's happened for the third time. You know, Blackwater. You know, with Tyrell's and Tywin's army shows up, and 
of course, Stannis shows up at the wall, gets the wildlings, now the veil. So it's like, all right, you know, the Dothraki show up against the Hoppies. You know, we it's a common theme in Game of Thrones. Late to the party, but <laughs> successful. So it's something we just kind of, I guess, got to deal with and just let it play. But what really is exciting is now what's the ramifications of that? Um, what does Littlefinger want in return? Is the Vale soldiers to be trusted? Is Littlefinger to be trusted? Wow, come on, it's Littlefinger. Uh, what's going to happen now? Now, when they, when John Tormund, ah, oh, man, I thought Tormund was going to die. I did not want the Wyndham Wizard to die. But when they get to Winterfell, and I thought it sucks that Ramsay Bolton's done. I mean, I've kind of gotten sick of his shtick. It's like, <coughs> oh, excuse me. It's like enough already. But, but I thought we got what we needed. For those of you who hate Ramsay, like I hate him, but I love the. I mean, he's so good. It's getting a little. It's getting a little dry. I was like, enough's enough. But the fact that he gets his last dig and he kills one one, and then he goes after John. He's trying to hit him with arrows, but John takes the shield and blocks the arrows and then punches him for like five hours. And that's awesome because he's just punching him and punching him. And you know the audience like, yes, that's what I want to see torture. I want to see this asshole get his shit kicked out of him. And then he gets tied up and then the dogs attack him. Now, I know everyone's been talking like Sansa left before he said, I haven't feed my dogs in seven days. But the dogs were already there when Sanda, Sansa approaches. So I'm wondering who set that up. Like, I know we want to complain, like, oh, did she hear? How did she, did she hear it off screen that the dogs, you know, maybe as she was going down, one of the freaking, you know, everyone said, hey, listen, he's there. The dog's going to eat him. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see Sansa, like, open up the stuff and let the dogs come out. Someone had put the dogs there prior. So someone had to tell her about the whole they're going to freaking tear him apart. So I, I again um I have to rewatch. I don't think she opened those side doors. At first I thought it was ghost was going to tear him apart. That's what I really thought. But so that was already in place where the dogs were there and so I'm sure someone off screen or someone told him told Sansa about the whole dogs thing, but her smirk it was it, it was good. Um but the big question is, is she going to become like a Ramsey? I don't think she's going to become like Ramsey, but <clears throat> I mean, she already was like Rickon is dead, John. Like she's, she's realistic now. She knows it's not like old Sansa would have been like, Oh no, Rickon, we got to save Rickon. He's our brother. She's like, Rickon's probably dead. You know, we have to, we have to move on from that. And so again, that's a thought process in her mind that she's changed. Now I'm probably going to get, 89 text from Donald saying you're wrong, Salt Snolo, but hey, we love we love those texts. So it was satisfying to me the way Ramsey died. I thought it was awesome. Um, now with Davos finding the stag, the whole Melisandre thing. The only thing, that, the one thing that bothered me about the Melisandre, John, when John's like, "Don't resurrect me if I die again," and she's like, "Whatever the Lord of Light tells me." In an earlier episode, after John was resurrected, I believe John uh, Melisandre 
told Davos, like, what are you going to do? And he's like, whatever Jon Snow tells me, I'm following him. He's the chosen one. And then he's like, don't resurrect me. And she's like, I don't answer to you. I'm like, I thought you to- you said you were going <laughs> to do whatever he said. So that, that stuff's confusing me. The whole Melisandre, Lord of Light thing, that's freaking confusing me. I don't know... You know, so there there is some contradictions here and there. I mean, you know, I guess people change their thought process, but it's just in the writing. I'm just like, wait a minute. She said she would, she'll do whatever John says, and then now, you know, she's like, no, the Lord of Light. And but Melisandre does seem very defeated. She doesn't seem as confident as she was with Stannis, and during that whole time. So I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen there, but. Uh, Davos is not going to be happy. Well, I think... I think Solo has talked enough. I, it was good to get my uh, my thoughts in, just some things I was thinking of. And God's been doing amazing on the pod. So, that's going to be it for me for now. I, again, I won't be on the initial reaction, but I will be back on the feedback pod and with off-season podcast, so I appreciate all of you. So now, how can you win the living language, Dothraki, a conversation language course created by David J. Peterson based on the hit original HBO series Game of Thrones? This is what you got to do, and you got to spend a little money. That's not too much. But as you guys know, Heath Solo is an actor, and I was in a film last year called All-American Bikini Car Wash. I play Big Tony the Mobster. Now, it, on June 21st, it got released on Amazon, the DVD. Um, I think it's for thirteen ninety nine. So, if you go to Amazon, now it's not, there's an old movie, I think it's called Bikini Car Wash Company. It's not that one, it's All-American Bikini Car Wash. If you buy the DVD from Amazon, if you support the film, and you email us at smallcouncilpod at gmail.com that you bought the DVD, you'll be entered in a contest. You'll have till July 15th. Uh, again, that's another three weeks. Buy the, buy, buy the DVD, All-American Bikini Car Wash. Support the film. You get entered into the contest, and you can win the Living Language, Dothraki, Game of Thrones, book and CD, and it's a $20 value. Uh, so, hey, it's worth a shot, right? Get a movie. It's a good TNA movie. It's funny. You get to see me on the screen play a mobster. It's a fun film. You support it. I really appreciate it, you listeners. If you could support the film, uh, it mean a lot to me and my family. <laughs> I don't make any money off the film getting bought, but it just it just helps getting it out there. Uh, and the director uh, is a good friend of mine uh, now that I've worked with him, and it's just uh, it, it, it'd be good if you if you could support the film. So All American Bikini Car Wash on Amazon. You buy it. Email us smallcouncilpod at gmail dot com that you bought it, like your receipt or whatever that that it's shipped or whatever and then you can e- forward that email to us you'll be entered in a contest and on July 15th uh, we'll draw from those emails who will win the living language the Dothraki I have it right here it's ready to be shipped it looks pretty cool um, I was going to open it for myself and I decided you know what why don't I give it to a listener uh, so um, you can win that so just 
Hope you can support the film All-American Bikini Car Wash on Amazon. All right, enough of that. Now we have Axel and Afu, the master of masters, Afu. I think he's from Karth, lived in Yonkai for a little while. He raped and pillaged for a little while as well, but now he's, you know, a council member. He'll be joining Axel on the pod. So they're coming up next. Thank you for allowing me to express my inner Dothraki or whatever and talk a little Game of Thrones. And uh, just want to thank the guys for kicking ass, taking names. It's been a lot of fun. All right, guys, a little interlude and then Axel and a foo. We'll drop some knowledge for you. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is a special episode of the Small Council Podcast because I recorded an episode with Mike and Donald, but then I was texting with my old friend, my brother, Arif. Afu, I don't think I've ever had you on a podcast before about Lost or anything. Did we ever do a podcast before? No, I didn't. I didn't watch Lost when you were watching it. All right. I saw it much. Okay. Well, you watch Game of Thrones, and I was like, let's do a podcast. And you were like, okay, let's do it. So this is a special podcast. I don't know when I'll release it. Uh, we are on Skype, so the quality might be a little bit less. Sorry for that. Um, but So, Afu, have you read any of the books? I have not. I have not. Okay. I've just show. So you're up to speed, though, right? Yes. So what are your predictions for the finale? Let's just, we don't have to be formal or anything, man. This is just, we're just talking. I just want to hear your ideas. What are, what do you think is yeah. going on? I, 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 at this point, I have no idea. I mean, it's the two main powers. You would expect the dragon lady to win, right? Um, and you would expect those uh, night walkers to come back. So it seemed like there'd be a, maybe a victory her victory in Westeros, right? Is that am I using the right words? I mean, am I am I calling the places correctly? Yeah, man. Come on, dude. You're a smart motherfucker. You could speak the truth. Okay, so eventually, it's just going to be an uh, you know a big battle. After she wins, then I would expect uh, the there to be a war with the Night Walkers. So, but what do you think about? Okay, because we were just talking about this and how we kind of disagree with that. Um, we were talking a little bit how we feel that um, they might be actually setting up the battle is between Danny and John. Oh, what do you why, think? Why? Um, where are their interests clashing? Okay, well, see, this is a great podcast to do because you are a very smart dude, but you are more of a casual watcher of the show, right? Am I right about that? Yes. Okay. So it's kind of fun to see what you've picked up on without being, um, you don't read about this shit on Twitter and the internet and stuff, right? No, no. Yeah. I didn't think so. You have like important things to do. Obviously there's some, (laughs) I mean, I don't see any apparent interests where they would clash, but I mean, first of all, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not a conqueror anyway. I think he's just going to live where he is, and that's the way it is. He's he's in uh, 
he's home now, and I think he'll stay there. I mean, he's he's not a person who's going to go out and conquer further. But don't you think that he's prepped to fight this war against the White Walkers? That that's what his goal is? Oh, I thought you said it would be the Dragon Lady against Jon Snow. Yeah, Daenerys. Now, why would she, why would she be fighting Jon Snow if he's fighting a war against if he's interested in fighting a war against the Night Walkers? Because he might team up with them against her. Yeah, fire versus ice. And now you know the theories of Jon. Okay, this is great. Just from watching the show, because we've talked about this a little bit, you picked up on who maybe Jon Snow's parents are, right? Who did you think it was? I, I thought it, it was some Targaryen. I thought I, I, I thought Ned Stark's sister and some Targaryen. I thought I thought it was the Mad King who's a, who raped her, raped the sister or something. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. And then that's when I told you, no, the theory was that it was. Her brother. Okay. That's interesting. And you just picked that up from watching the show. You didn't hear any spoilers or anything. Not spoilers. I mean, I talked about it with some coworkers, but it wasn't, it was really, I mean, you, you knew there was a mad king. He did some terrible stuff. And if, if you see this part where the, the lady's hidden away, there's something up. And the person ruling the whole kingdom was a mad king. So I, I would figure so you didn't there, remember so, that. Yeah, you, there's, there's, there's. Sorry, good. I was going to say you didn't remember them talking about. You didn't remember when Littlefinger and Sansa had the whole conversation in the crypt. You didn't remember any of that kind of stuff. I don't. I don't. I haven't. I that's never so even. Interesting. So that's really cool that you kind of came up with that theory, which was so close to what other people thought. But now that I show you the evidence for it being her brother, you see what why people think that, right? Yeah, you, you mentioned a lot of stuff and also a lot of stuff in the book as well, right? Uh, and I didn't even realize that there were four kids in that family. I thought it was only the two. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, see? That's awesome. Because that's something that we've debated about, whether or not... Because I came upon that theory... I came upon that idea by watching the show and I had heard, of course, this was kind of, I think before I was like super into it, you know, and doing like a regular podcast. And, um, that's when I looked it up and came across the R plus L equals J, which is what we're talking about, which is who's Jon Snow's parents are. But, um, what we were talking about, we're talking a big picture here, but I wanted to just ask you, what do you think is going to happen in the finale? This coming from what has been presented this season. Did you watch the trailer for next week or what? Um, I don't really remember it. I, I would figure uh, they have to they have to finish the storyline in Westeros, right? With the religious with the, with the religious cult taking over the King's um, Landing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, King's Landing. They have to have uh, the trial. So the trial is going to happen. I would figure that. Most of the episode is going to revolve around that. Um, I would figure it would be all chaos and fighting after the trial in that city. And I would figure that that's when uh, Daenerys is going to make her move. 
Oh, really? That's interesting. You think she'd because we I, were she could regardless, but it's just it 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 works out even more if the city's divided. So you have not picked up on anything. You think that the trial's going to happen, and then Cersei is what? What do you think's going to happen to her? Oh, she's going to be convicted. And you think she's going to die? You think they're going to kill her? I think it will cause violence, and I'm not sure where that violence will lead, but it will cause violence. Which I'm not sure who will be killed in that violence, but I'm pretty sure that violence is going to lead to a civil war within okay. the system. And okay. when that, while that civil, and I think Daenerys would be invading anyway because she has everything she needs now. However, I, I think it just makes it easier for her to take over. Hmm. I like that because we get so into – so the theory that we've been working on kind of as a podcast for this whole season is that there are hidden stores of wildfire all over King's Landing. And Cersei will – is that's what she was talking to that guy Kyburn about when she said – are the rumors true? And he said, Oh, they are. And she said, really? And he was like, more, much more. Um, and oh, then I didn't understand that part. Okay. Ah, okay, cool. And then when Tyrion mentioned it again, last episode, remember he said, Jamie told him that there were stores of wildfire hidden throughout King's landing. Mm. And, and maybe he's, maybe it's not going to happen. And that's going to be something that Daenerys uses herself. But I like your idea. You think that after all this time, next episode, Daenerys could show up? Because it's funny, because on the podcast we just did, I threw that out as a crazy theory. That she interrupts, like, the trial. Like, Cersei's declared guilty or whatever, and it goes an uproar. And then she interrupts the trial and basically comes in there and burns them all to hell. No, no. I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's going to happen during the episode. Oh, okay. I, I think I think the mobilization's going on, and, and I'm just the trajectory of the episode. The episode will be about the trial. There's going to be violence. It's going to lead to violence. It's going to lead to division within the city, and she's mobilizing. So I would expect early on in the next season, she's taking over. Oh, okay. So you think Cersei could come out on top, or you think that Daenerys just takes advantage of it before it can be decided? Yeah, I don't think anyone's coming on top. They're all gone. I mean, they're they're destined to lose, and they're fighting their little pitch battle right now. I'm not sure who's going to win that, but it it really doesn't matter. It's you know, there's there's a larger force coming. So, what were your impressions of the White Walkers and the creation of the Knights King by the children? What did you think about all that kind of stuff? What do you think about those the children of the forest and all that magic stuff? Okay, I would say I generally view the episode, I view the show really in a Machiavellian way. That I view it to sort of, to sort of that logic, logic of power and force and all that stuff. Right? It's that that stuff, that sort of mystical religious stuff. All, all those storylines there, that's going to be the plot twister, which changes sort of what you would expect. And uh, I'm usually, those are my least favorite scenes, to tell you the truth. Um, I don't know where it's leading because I, I don't know the sort of, uh, 
I'm not sure what that spirit world has to do or how it's related to Daenerys in the sense that it opposes it, it has nothing to do with it, or is part of that. But hmm. well, we've seen those red priestesses, and obviously that's interesting that you, because we've never even talked about this, because that's something that I've kind of brought up incessantly which is that we know so much about the white walkers and the children of this and that. But when it comes to Daenerys, she got a couple eggs and gave birth to dragons and some like red priestess ladies who we've never seen do anything except just kind of stand on a street corner and spout believe that she is some God thing reincarnated, you know, but we've not, we don't know anything about that. And, uh, and the white walkers being vulnerable to dragon glass. Yeah. Well, what's that connection, right? I mean, it, it makes it seem like it would be the, the sort of what you're saying, the fire and ice, you would, the opposition there. I'm, I'm not sure where everyone winds up in the end though. I, I would, I would think the only ice is the white walkers. Everyone else is going to be consumed by fire. See, I think, I think there is kind of a contingency of uh, the fan base, myself maybe included, but you hear it, of people who think that maybe it's going to be like Daenerys, these red priestesses, and something else that we don't know yet against Jon Snow, the Wildlings, the White Walkers, and the Night's King. See, but why? Why do you think Jon Snow would be with the? Uh, because those, even though he's a Targaryen, he's also a Stark. So he no. he kind of blends the two together. But it would seem to me that anybody, the Wildings included, and everyone south of the Wall would be against. Right. The White Walkers. I mean, it's it 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 just seems like. Well, think about this. You have to be. Think about this, though, Afu. When we started this show. It was the Night's Watch against the Wildlings. And one of the biggest battles at the wall was the Wildlings attacking the wall. And now they're buddies. No, th- th- that's what I mean. I mean, it, 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 there, I, I would think there's no allies with the White Walkers. I think everyone has to fight them. So that didn't give you – well, look, I'm just kind of put – I'm not – I don't totally believe this, but I'm just exploring it. But – did you not find the um, the story of their creation somewhat uh, empathetic towards them? That they were basically humans who were mutated. Yeah. That kind of leads us to like... To protect them, to protect those forest dwellers. Is it forest dwellers? The children of the forest. The children of the forest against to protect them against humans. Right. But it, it would seem to stand that every human has to be against them, like Jon Snow included. Hmm. Because I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're ones to make alliances. I guess we don't know. I, I yeah, I, I, we'll see. But you do have also Bran, who could somehow help bridge that gap. 
by almost like communicating with them. Like, I know how you were created. I know the pain that you've been through. You know what I mean? Like, because this is hardwired by to be against man, though. I I think that's like, that's their function. Right. And, and it, it, you know, that's their own larger Game of Thrones. They're fighting against man in general. I see what you're saying. And it all, because it's all very allegorical. Have you done any research into that about the author and his political leanings and history and stuff? I think you'd find that interesting, man. Oh yeah, I I haven't. Uh, You give me a little synopsis if you don't mind. Just that it seems he's like a very liberal guy, very progressive, um, was, uh, I think, you know, very uh, against the Vietnam War and kind of against war in general, the idea of it being a way to solve problems on a mass scale. So do you you think he views man as hopelessly at fault, driven by his desire for power and self-destructive in the end? I guess that's the real question. That's interesting. You know, because there is, I mean, a big complaint about this show is that there's not a lot of hope in it. It's realistic. I mean, (laughs) I think it's realistic. I think if there's a world where you have to fight, it's that sort of game going on. You know, it's it's about violence in the end. If if you don't win by force, you're going to be, you're going to lose. You know, and then, and those utopians, you know, uh, the, the, the pacifist community that was massacred, it just shows with them. You know, the, the, anyone who doesn't play the game right, who doesn't keep their eye on the larger need to survive, will ultimately lose. And that's what made me p- really pissed off at Jon Snow. I really thought he was going to lose there because he had an emotional reaction, tried to save his brother, led them into a trap. And I, I, I really thought the the show was going to let him die and let everyone die. I was pretty upset during that episode. That's interesting because, uh, I hadn't really thought about it that way because I was kind of thinking that that was super kick ass that he was just like, fuck it. We're probably going to die anyway. We're totally overmatched. It's obvious. I'm, I'm just going to try to take down as many people as I can. So I kind of dug that because I almost think that if there is this upcoming battle with the White Walkers, that's going to have to be the way to win, not strategy, because there is no strategy against them. They're just a horde. So maybe that is what, maybe that is the way that, you know, like Jimi Hendrix said, he's going to, uh, pick up an axe and fight like a farmer. I think that's fine in the context of fighting the, the, the white walkers. That's a battle for survival. It's just plain and simple. So you sort of have to fight like that. If you're attacking somebody else though, you know, you got to be somewhat smart about it. Obviously you must have a larger, you have larger aims in mind. If you're trying to overtake your castle, you know, it, it really pissed me off. I was really, it's really interesting to see Sansa Stark. She learned the game, you know, traumatized, but she learned the game. Uh, I, I, I mean, it was the same. Isn't this the problem with the Starks in general, though? Rob Stark, 
going living by their passions and then they suffer for it because they act on their whims, almost like a Greek tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. I, I, I but the only thing that subverts that sort of logic of the game, right? The nastiness, the force, the strategic thinking is this sort of religious stuff underneath this, this magical stuff. That's the only thing that changes the calculus, which is kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting. Because that, that, that would be the plot turner. It's something would happen which you wouldn't expect. And it has to do with, with, with all that other stuff going on underneath. That sort of changes what are the expectations in that world full of kill or be killed, right? Right. Right. What do you think? I'm interested to hear what you thought of Arya's story this season. Um, I, I didn't think that she was going to become one of them. Because she always seemed like she was faking it, um, you know, a, a follower of that of the many faced God. Uh, you know, when she says she she doesn't know what she is, I I I I guess a lot of it is what I would have ex- what I expected, but I don't know where it's leading. What's her role? You know that that's I don't know where it's leading. What, what crucial role is she going to play? Well, I guess some people would posit that she's going to be a the assassin, kind of like this is a fantasy story, so they're kind of like crewing up. You know what I'm saying? So mm. you have like the warriors, John and Daenerys. You have, or like even like the Hound, uh, come and and Braun. You could imagine them fighting two together, like these war, like they're the brutes, you mm. know. And you have like uh, the Swordmen's. Uh, like Jamie, and then you have like the assassin is no, no. Ari, and she sneaks in and kills. You know, do you? Who do you think? Okay, so she 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 would eventually hear about the Starks' victory, right? She would probably go back home. Now, if her function is to be sort of an assassin, who would she go assassinate? You think the Lannisters? Well, you know, uh, a hustler is convinced that she is going to kill Cersei. I would think that those are the people she want. They she wants to kill, right? It's the Lannisters, uh, Cersei being the well, like, and Jamie probably too. Yeah, I think the people still left on her list are Cersei, Walter Frey is still on her list. Oh, okay. Um, so you mountain. think you think her storyline will just be on the side as a revenge thing, and that's it? She doesn't really get back together with her family. I don't know. They, I, I feel that's a gr- that's a great question. Um, you know, a lot of people have been, and maybe I've been concentrating on too much. Ooh, who's she going to kill next? Cause that's what she does. But as a character, it, it would be great to see her kind of interact with Sansa and John. I mean, she did not get along with Sansa at all. I mean, Sansa caused that terrible tragedy with the butcher's boy being run over by the hound and, you know, Sansa kind of turned on Arya and spoke to Cersei behind even Ned's back, you know, and then stood up for Joffrey. So I, I don't know, you know, I, I'd like to see them reunite 
and especially and then she really got along well with John. Those seem to actually I always thought that John and Arya were the closest of all of them. Yeah, they sort of showed that in the beginning, I remember. Yeah, really second only to like Theon and Rob. That's all we really got to see, right? So when Bran and John too, well, everybody loved John except maybe Sansa, but nobody really liked Sansa, though I think her and Rob kind of had an understanding because like they were like we were talking about in the podcast where they're like the prince and princess, you know, mm. but you didn't find the whole thing of her getting stabbed and like, the, like did it seem artificial? Cause there was a lot of complaints and we, and I also thought it was kind of silly the way they did that. But well, she she'd be dead. I mean, <laughs> the way she got stabbed and injuries she had, wouldn't she be dead? I mean, I'd really don't. I'd really don't see that actress's brew saving her. No, me neither. So, uh, what else is there to talk about? Any other kind of thoughts that you've had about the show or like plot lines that you find interesting? Well, okay. Um, I wonder if Tyrion will get to confront his family again. I'd like to see that. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah, um, you know, remember Cersei wanted to kill him. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, maybe a mo- a dilemma where Jamie has to choose between Cersei and something else. And he chooses Cersei, and it's the wrong choice. Mm. I would see some sort of dilemma. Yeah, that's oh, that's something I was thinking about earlier this season when it came to that wildfire. Well, and you you think about it. Whenever they follow their passions, and Jamie was giving into sort of his passions there, when he told uh, when he told uh. uh the, the guy related to the Starks, who was the prisoner of the of uh, Edmure. The, yeah, um, he was Brutus in the series Rome. Yeah, uh, he, when he told him that he'd do anything for Circe, it just says to me that in 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 this show, that's usually a bad sign that you're going to do something stupid and die. Yeah. <laughs> well, we. Um... Uh, I don't know. Did we did we did we talk at all about the uh, the preview? I think I did mention the previews. Um, but you see in the preview that um, oh yeah, I asked you if you had seen the preview, and you had said you did, or didn't know if you had remembered, right? Yeah, I I, I didn't remember it. You uh, know, I'm impressed by though. Oh, is the the what's Carcetti's character's name? Littlefinger. Littlefinger. He he's a bastard, but he's a survivor. He's a, he's truly skilled. Where do you think he's winding up? I think he's gonna he's gonna wind up marrying Sansa. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I, I I think she understands the game. She sees value in the relationship, and he, you know he. He's a person, the way he plays the game, he's, he's a person who's going to get his, get his dessert. 
he's a he's a, he's he, he's a brothel owner, dude, a, a, a nobody, and look what he's made of his abilities. He's a true player. Yeah, I've always liked Littlefinger a lot. I don't trust him, though. You know? No, no, you can't. <laughs> and I could definitely see him and Sansa becoming that power couple and being like, let's be kind of like co-wardens of the North. And that's where I thought that um, Jon Snow would come into play because... I just, I don't get everybody, he keeps on like he's saying, like he has to go back to the wall or, you know, that the White Walkers are coming, but I just don't know what army he could even try to have. I think he's going to, he's going to meet up with the fat dude, right? Because the fat dude ran off. Maybe the fat dude's going to go to him and the fat dude will remind him that Dragonglass is the thing you're after. Oh, you think Varys is going to go visit John? Not, not, not the, not the eunuch. Oh, who's the fat dude? The, the Sam, fat, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam, the 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 obese, abused child. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Afu. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think he's he's because he's the one who remembers things like that, remembers causes and effects. So he's bound to go to him now. He's going to go to him, and he's probably going to remind him, help him formulate a strategy. And he's probably going to remind him about the dragon glass and stuff like that. So then he's got to go collect dragon glass and get himself ready. I like that. I had totally kind of forgot about that because, you know, we think that Sam is going off to uh, become a maester, but maybe he just gives it up and goes back. You know, and kind of is like, I know what I need to know. We've got, I've got the books to tell me, you know, that would be interesting because that's what I'm kind of waiting for now that they took Winterfell, right? Like now Jon Snow really has to like, look at this and say, look, we've got this art. I just lost probably most of the army that I had. Who's going to fight the White Walkers? Now he has to kind of do it again. And like, what does he have to convince Littlefinger and then try to convince everybody in the whole country? Like, look, guys, stop with all the politics. The real threat is coming and we're all going to be dead. I would think everyone else is going to dismiss him because they haven't seen it. They're going to dismiss him. That's where he's probably going to go wandering, maybe. If you, if, you th- if I think about it that way, I would think... Maybe he, no one's coming to him. He's going to other people. Because I, I would think he's home, but the White Walker thing, when you're trying to convince everybody else, I'm not sure everyone else is going to believe him or view it as a priority. If they don't see that threat, I don't think they view it as a priority because they're all consumed by their their immediate threats and opportunities. Well, think about this, man. The first person ever to even accept or listen to the outside um the outside of at the wall was that little like 10 year old girl remember davos and them said the white walkers are coming and she kind of believed them you know and she said okay we're we have to fight this fight that's why I'm it's like that's why it's kind of confusing right now cuz that they brought that up there they didn't bring it up 
I don't think with the other people, they, I just, I don't know. It's hard to say in this show how much the word is getting out, but it's obviously not hit King's Landing yet because they, they would laugh at it if they, if people told them the White Walkers were coming, they'd be like, White Walkers, what are you talking about? Yeah. Because. Yeah, they're, I mean, the only people who have survived that have seen them are John Snow and the Wildings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no one's going to, I don't think anybody's going to believe them. They're, also, John Snow's not, look, he, he's not, he's not exerting any power. So no one's going to listen to him. He's not the leader. Sansa is. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, if they do, if people know that he is supposedly this Targaryen, you know, uh, prince, maybe that inspires even more people. But I guess, I don't know. That's like, we were, we've been talking about this. Who's going to believe that though? Yeah. That's the other thing. Exactly. So you're kind of right. I mean, he's, it's not looking too good. (laughs) (laughs) for him. I mean, if Daenerys shows up to save them, maybe I I never thought about them hooking up like early, like her kind of like, that's the first person she kind of, or like getting word out somehow, you know, to them. Like, does he ever think about that? Does he even know that she exists and she has dragons? It's quite interesting because I'm not sure he really knows, but that all Daenerys's chief people are people who've lost out in the regular game, right? Have left it. And we were just talking about Jon Snow perhaps being out of it with everyone, all the different families there and being able to raise an army against the White Walkers. Yeah. That would... No, I'm just getting a little echo. Do you hear that? Do you have headphones? No. Oh, that's that's why we're getting a little bit of an echo. That's all right, man. Well, I've had a good time talking about it, man. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? I like the way that you see the show like that because I think, you know, sometimes when you're inside of something and we're all, like, geeking out and talking about it, you it, it, things start to, like sound the same and I'm probably repeating myself now and in the podcast we just did and when I think about it um, but it's fun to hear your thoughts on it and to see that it's a lot of it's the same but I like the the thinking about uh, Jon Snow because I kind of like that passionate side of him but you're right there was a, a woman uh, Mo Ryan who writes for I think it's Vanity Fair or something that kind of wrote this article about how what a bad leader Jon Snow would be. Yeah, he's he's, he's W. <laughs> um, you know, but but the one place where that stuff sort of works is with that magical religious stuff in the storyline. So if it has anything to do with him, then things change, right? I mean, uh, whether whether we're talking about all those people in the north or we're talking about the Targaryens um, passion seems to work for them 
Yeah, that's true. That's an interesting point. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You can kind of get a, and you see that with Daenerys again and again, that she does make these rash decisions. And then you have Tyrion kind of talking her off the ledge of I'm going to burn everyone. I'm going to kill everyone. But she does. She oscillates back and forth between that. And, you know, who knows? Next episode, she could be talking about burning everybody again. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, that's, those are the people who defy the logic of the Game of Thrones, right? It's th that magical part of the storyline. They defy what, what you should expect in that type of world. Whereas everyone else sort of abides by that logic. And kind of are like slaves to it. Yeah. They, 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 they can't live in any other way. They don't have the magic to be able to do that. Interesting. Well, all right, buddy. Is all there right. anything else you want to talk about? Um, not about Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll leave, we'll leave that for later then. But um, thanks for coming on the Small Council podcast. You're, you have officially been on a podcast, Afu. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you very much. All right. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, like I said, I think I've been a little echoey and stuff, but you know what? Who cares? This was a lot of fun. So I'll put this up on the feed, let people listen to it. Maybe I'll put this up on like Saturday or Sunday morning or something. I always want to listen to a Game of Thrones podcast on Sunday because that's when the show is on and every, nobody releases podcasts on the weekends. Oh. I could always just save it, you know, not listen to one or something, but you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough life. You know what I mean, dude? Yeah. Yo, what's up everybody? This is DJ Tim Hines coming at you, dropping an audio clip feedback. Listen, a couple things I want to talk about. I finally watched that upcoming trailer for the next episode, episode 10, which you're going to be watching tonight. Woo. Looking pretty intense. I liked what I saw a little bit. With a little bit of that craziness going down. We're going to see some answers with the, the trial there. With Cersei. Maybe a little Laura stuff. Uh, looked like, you know, might might finally get a little resolution. And then get the ball rolling there. Uh, I'm hoping to see a little wildfire. But I think it might not happen until the beginning of next season. When all that craziness goes down. Because they shot their load on the budget. For this last episode. Which was amazing. I loved it. I loved it. A few things though. I don't know, I've been hearing a lot of people talking about Sansa, 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 Lady Sansa, the wardeness of the crap. She just, like, really, really played this wrong. She should have just spoken up, said, listen, John, slow your roll. We got this guy coming, told him about some of the crazy stuff Ramsey's done, told him about maybe what he did to, to you know, explain a little bit more in theory what he did to her. Made John a little bit more aware of how crazy this guy is. Sansa blew it. Then the whole little finger thing, keeping that under wraps. I mean, come on. You can't really, really? Like, you couldn't have told anybody that. That's like a vital piece of the puzzle. And yeah, maybe she didn't have confirmation that he's coming, but she went somewhere. How come nobody knew where she was? She just fled during the battle, like, all right, I'm out. And nobody's like, said, where are you going? You know, she met up with him somehow. Like, she knew the direction he was coming in. They rode in together. 
uh, it started getting on my nerves the more I was thinking about it this whole week. So as it's going down, I've been getting real, real down on Sansa. I started liking her comeback, you know, a little bit, teaming up with Brienne, some smart people, and then just pulling that move, being able to just write off Rickon. I understood that it was the smart move, but how do you do that? That's your brother. I mean, come on. Like, that just doesn't make no sense to me at all. And, and yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe like, she was being a realist, and you could explain it to me so I'm blue in the face, but there's got to be a way you, you think about how to try to make it work. And at all costs, you, you at least say all the options you have instead of writing off your brother first. And then that, that nasty look at the end that I, I keep seeing, and I'm not liking it, the way she looked over that battlefield, like... She, everybody's expendable and she's just out for her and it seems like what is the Stark name if she's going to play that that game where John doesn't seem to matter as much Rickon doesn't seem to matter as much that that's the Starks you, you stand up for each other that's that's what we've been taught that Stark was all about in this this show and so to see that I, I just Got me real disappointed in the Sansa character. Not that I was really ever a fan. You know, she was always a whiny little brat. But she finally started coming around to something I could get down with and gel with. And now she's just wrecking everything. There was no need for all that death if she could have just opened up her mouth. Well, that's my Sansa rant. Now, my other rant is about coming up in this preview... We see a scene where Sir Davos, Sir Knuckles, as we know him in some other podcast lands, he is in with John, and it looks like he's being a snitch just ratting out Melisandre. What are you going to snitch to John for? What is he going to do? You going to let him make the decision? You know what? If you got the big huevos that we know you do, you just go up to Melisandre and you just just juke her up and say, listen, you killed this girl. I love this girl. It doesn't matter why. You're dead. Ka, 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 ka. Ka, 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 ka. And just stab the heck out of her until she's dead. Now, telling John, who's this softy, mopey moperson that we know he is all the time, he's going to be like, well, I'm sure she had her reasons for killing a poor, sweet girl. Just to burn her alive, to do some magic voodoo nonsense for some crazy religious fanatical bullshit. I don't think John's going to buy into it and he's not going to kill her. He's not going to do anything to her because he's soft John who didn't harden up and it still isn't going to harden up even after he almost got his bones crushed in a circle of bodies in the tightest mosh pit ever. He's going to still be like, oh, it's alright. Don't worry about it, Davos. She's okay. Just live with it. Live with that little poor sweet girl who taught you to read, who is really nice to you, who you really cared about, like she was your own little daughter. Just don't worry about her death. We'll just keep Melisandre's magic tricks, witch, bitch ass, with us this whole time. That little, ah, I hate this crap. But probably what's going to happen, and I don't know. I didn't like how right off the bat we saw... Davos, sir, awesome knight, who I love, right away going to John and being like, let's do this diplomatically because I'm a little snitch bitch rat man. 
Oh, man. All right. I mean, other than that, I'm psyched. Going to be good stuff coming. A lot of good stuff coming down the pipe. What do I think that's going to happen? I think we're going to see... Let's see, predictions here. Episode predictions, we're going to snap them off the top of my head. Bam! We're going to see a little bit of Arya on the way to somewhere, which we'll probably have no idea where, which will leave us with the Arya cliffhanger. We're going to see more diplomatic crap with the the trial. We're going to see Loras get convicted and whatever the punishment will be. I feel like we're going to see Lady Olena get killed before she could leave. Um, that's just some craziness I think that might happen. We're going to see a uh, little bit of Danny making some, some arrangements. We're not going to see a lot happening. We're going to see a lot of peace moving. And we're going to see a lot of setup for the next season to come. Which I think is going to open up with the wildfire taking out King's Landing. That's right. The Tim Hines original theory. JL plus WF. Which is Jamie Lannister plus wildfire. Equals D. Destruction. But yeah, that's going to happen until next season. We're going to have that next season. For this season, we're going to have uh, just some, some tidying up. Because that was some intense battle. And, you know, shout out to Woom Woom. That, that, that dude was serious. If it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have been able to get through the door and breach into Winterfell. But now comes the problem of rebuilding that door. Because that was a pretty serious door that I'm sure was real hard to make. And acquired a lot of people. So now they got to rebuild the door like that because they're going to have more shit coming from the north. That's right. Last part of the episode, I think we're going to see something with Bran connected to the Night's King. Something happened either on the wall, towards the wall. I'm not sure if we're going to see wall coming down, but we're going to see progress. That's right. We're going to see a lot of that moving ahead and shifting the story forward. Yeah, and that's it. That's what I think. This has been a quick little mini cast, little theories, little predictions, little bitching, little moaning, little crying, little Tim Hansen getting on you guys. Small Council Podcast always coming at you with the fire and the ice. Song of ice and fire. Woo! That's right. DJ playing the songs of ice and fire. Game of Thrones coming at you live and direct. Small Council Podcast. Peace. You're listening to The Small Council, a Game of Thrones podcast. Find us on Twitter at Small Council Pod. Email us at smallcouncilpod at gmail.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.